Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, Morgan and I are just bantering back and forth here about uh, some observations between uh, aviation people and like no- interacting with normal people. <laughs> Everything from how people pack to uh, how they plan trips. So uh, we were just talking about um, different Boy Scout trips and stuff that we've done as uh, volunteers and uh just uh, people have, you know, oversized luggage and just things that they're packing for campouts or ski trips. And, uh, you know, they don't put the, the big things in first and make a shelf and do all the little Tetrisy things that we do. So we were just kind of joking back and forth about some of those. So, hey, one story I was going to ask you about. What is, uh, what's that? Tell us about this Jojo the Crab Boy. What was that story? <laughs> uh, oh, well, it, Typical road story. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about ho- talking about hotels. So my sister used to live in Durango, and I had it all set up. We're going to out, go out to dinner. We're going to you know go to a good Mexican food restaurant. I was going to see my brother-in-law the whole bit. And sure enough, I get on the ground, and company has other plans, mm. and they said go to La Junta. And I looked at it, I was like, I don't have to show till 10 in the morning. Why, why do I have to go to La Junta? And they were like, we just go. Like, all right. So we blasted off. We got into La Junta, middle of the dark, uh, or right at, right at yeah. dusk. Enough where it's, it's dangerous enough. You don't know what's going to jump out in front of you on the runway. So clicking the lights up, come in. And uh, it, didn't, it didn't start off well. Um, so we're taxiing in and it looks like the run, the taxiway is moving and I look over the nose and it's toads. Oh, there are toads trying to get out of the way of the aircraft or we're crushing toads all the way into the ramp. And we get out and we were told our, our rental car was in the parking lot. And, uh, I said, well, how are we going to know where it is and who has the keys? The FBO is closed. And they, they said, it's the only one in the parking lot. The keys are over the visor. Okay. Okay. So, and then we got how to get to the hotel. Well, the, the story, the, the, the instructions were kind of the, you know, turn left of the big tree kind of instructions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we, at least we made it to the highway and then we, we got to town and we saw that town had, you know, Hilton's and Marriott's and everything. We kept on driving, 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 and we got further South and then, off in the distance, I saw H O T L, you know, the O was burned out and we drove into the Bates motel. It was like a, one of those slope, little slope roof buildings yeah. that you see in like 1950s motels. It's and we walk into it was a 1950s the, uh, motel. It was a 1950s <laughs> motel. Yeah. Like it, it couldn't, it couldn't get us to stay anywhere else. And, uh, I mean, this is kind of the place that that you read about uh you know mass murders happen oh, happening man. uh and we walk into the the office and this is never a good sign when from the back of the office where the guy is living is bagpipe music oh. you know who sits down and listens to bag, bagpipe music for pleasure Uh-oh. and i ring the bell and out comes this guy who obviously he's older than i am so um, has some kind of birth defect where he basically has no elbows. Oh. The arms go straight up into the shoulders, and he has these little T-Rex arms. Oh, my God. And um, he checks us in, and um, so I kind of nicknamed him Jojo the Crab Boy. And he goes, well, I made you breakfast. And he points over to the to the corner there on, of the on the counter, and there's these paper bags with grease oozing out the bottom of them. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and we're sitting there at seven o'clock at night and he's made us breakfast. I'm sure there's like fried eggs or something in it that's going to sit there all night. And I'm like, ah, we're good. We're good. Thanks. Appreciate it. And uh, then we went to the room and there were flying things in it. And I went to bed fully clothed and still woke up with a giant bite on my neck from some blood sucking insect. Nice. Or creature. And I got the good room. You got the good room, yeah. <laughs> good room. So there's Jojo the Crab All Boy. Right. In the tradition of uh, 
having to one up each other every time uh, pilots get together. Uh, you just brought up Bring it. you brought up a greasy bag catering story. I have a good catering story that uh, yeah. it, it changed our lives. <laughs> we went into uh, <clears throat> never in a good way. Yeah, sure. we went into uh, let's see, it wasn't Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, but it was it was north of there. It might have been Priest River, maybe. I'm trying to think. This was years and years uh, and years ago, but it was a north of Coeur yeah, it was it was they were putting in the resort up there. So we were bringing some people that were uh, going to check out the resort as, as investors or something. I don't remember where I landed. It it might have been Coeur d'Alene. I don't know. I I think it was a smaller, uncontrolled field. But um, was that one that they build the grizzly or the Kodiak? Yeah, there? it might have been that one. But this is I mean we're this one's going back a ways. But, uh, okay. but, you know, we landed, uh, parked, and the uh, lady at the FBO said, hey, are you guys going to be here in the morning for breakfast? And we said, well, yeah, you know, we don't come out till 9 o'clock or something like that. And she said, the caterer here is amazing. You need to order, you know, all your food from her. Uh, it's all handmade. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely fantastic. And I thought, gosh, okay, great. We'll, we'll do that. So, uh, so we both ordered the, uh, breakfast burrito, right? Breakfast burrito, scramble potatoes, that kind of thing. Went to the hotel, hotel wasn't any big deal. Had an overnight, came back at like eight three or something in the morning. And, uh, this lady pulled up in a van, right? And so she brought in stuff in no kidding, like Yogi the bear, uh, picnic baskets and, uh, you know, looked, looked top notch. And she's, uh, you know, hey, do you mind if I, uh, you know, are you guys going to eat here? We're like, yeah, we have time. We'll eat here. So she said, do you mind if I set up the, uh, uh, it was like a little meeting room they had rather than the crew lounge, you know. Do you mind if I set up a, a table and linens for you and everything? We're like, ah, oh, geez, you don't have to do any of that. And she said, oh, no, no, I just, I live for this. This is what I love to do. And okay, great. So she set up a little, uh, you know, some linens and put out the food and we went into the room. And she said, do you mind if I, if I sit with you guys while you enjoy the food? It's always just so satisfying to see people enjoy my cooking. We kind of looked at each other like, I mean, I guess you could watch a seat if that's what you're interested in. <laughs> okay, whatever. So, I mean, these were burritos that, you know, this was pre-Instagram, but I mean, they would have been Instagram worthy of the pictures and the layout and obviously, uh, you know, five-star, top-notch operation this lady runs, right? And uh -huh. uh, and I enjoy cooking and entertaining and things like that. So I'm familiar with some of the buzzwords, right? So so we sit down, we start biting into the, the burritos, and they're, I mean, they're outstanding. They're really good. We're about halfway through, and she's just kind of sitting there. And I said, you know, so you have your own commercial kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in my house. It's all Viking and, you know, all the brands that I thought were cool. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then she leans back, takes out a cigarette, and lights it up. And it's like, okay, didn't know you could do that here. But, right. um, and then she proceeds to tell me, yep, yep, I got a you know pretty cool cabin that's got the you know the the Viking range and all the all the stuff. She goes, and I got like twenty cats, and they walk along the counter while we're while I'm cooking, and you know sometimes they're in the egg batter, and I got to get them out. And meanwhile, we're like. <laughs> Like, oh, no, now I, now I can taste fur in my mouth, you know, like I, oh. she's like, yeah, you know, they put their paws in the egg yolk and I got to get them out while I'm, while I'm stirring. Oh, and we were oh. like, oh my God, couldn't even finish the food. It was such a, and meanwhile, the ash uh, is getting uh, longer and longer. And it was like, oh, uh, you should have just dropped this stuff off and left us be. So now I, now I can't even order from here ever again. No. So when uh, you said, now I'm taking when you said that, that reminded me of like, I mean, it was, uh, it was Instagram worthy looking. And then she's like, yeah, you know, I picture all these cats walking around the mixer bowl and it's like, Oh God, I can't finish this. But anyway, it's better not to know how the sausage yeah, was made. It's like you should have just left because now I can't do this anymore. So, well, I'll get into the, uh, we, we wrote a monologue. I don't know if we need a monologue, but we'll, we'll write one. So, uh, feel free to chime in whenever, but, uh, we're going to welcome everybody back okay, to man. Uh, episode two. Captain Morgan and myself are fresh off our first solo in the podcast world and are back for another go at it. Um, we got it back on the ground. Uh, I don't know how, how pretty it was, but hey, you know, it's a process. Uh, Third hop gets the prop. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't walk into the prop, so I think we're okay. 
Oh, that's I good. I think watching two uh, over 50 pilots navigate the ins and outs of like pod podcast software <laughs> in the editing room is just a monumental task. Uh, it might be easy for the new guys, but uh, yeah, this is even the language I speak. So it's pretty entertaining on this end of it, even if uh, people don't see it. Uh, the script for episode number two was written uh, while I was airlining. So uh, uh, headed out on a Saturday. Uh, Super Bowl operations have been all briefed. We've read all the charts. We've read all the company notes. We've got the plan for the staging areas. Um, I'm a Saturday start, so all the Saturday start crews were on the move to relieve all the crews that were moving jets around. And uh, whether it's Pinehurst, Augusta, the World Series, the Super Bowl, uh, we've done it all. Uh, the Final Four, the Barrett-Jackson Auction, the Harvard Graduation, uh, Emmy Awards. Uh, we've caught a glimpse into what the real money looks like, how things actually get done. Um, I'm sure. And actually how miserable they are. Yeah, they don't seem to be the as happy as you'd think they would be. Let's put it that way. Um, no. I know I've got countless private islands, secret lairs, and even emergency bunkers in my logbook. Uh, some of the most interesting people and places that we've seen that we don't even talk about. They're uh, just known only to us. No. And maybe some crew member you did that trip with years ago is you, you wave at each other as you walk past each other on the ramp with a, uh, a nod in the crew room or a quick hello as we pass in the terminal. Uh, more often than not, it's just kind of a double click on the mic as we pass each other in the night, right? Uh, some of these night operations that we're doing, uh, the only other, only other people in the air are people from our company. So, uh, sometimes mm. you recognize a voice and, or, and double, give them a click on the mic or something like that. But there are the lonely ones in some mountainous region where it's at night snowing and raining sideways and misty down to minimums. And yeah. You're hoping you have a way to town. Yeah. Yeah. The the most intricate part of this is how am I getting to the hotel? <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> but uh, Super Bowl and any of these events, whether it's a country music awards or whatever, uh, it's definitely a team effort. And it takes uh, countless people to pull this off with flights all over the world that just goes unnoticed while uh, champagne pops in the bag and the sushi tray gets un unwrapped. Um, it's a team of meteorologists and dispatchers and maintenance technicians, even caterers who uh, make it all just look seamless. Uh, without them, we really wouldn't have much to fly. So while the Super Bowl is kind of a culminating event uh, for NFL, uh, it pits the two best teams against each other, um, we kind of look at it as every single day, uh, every single trip is kind of the Super Bowl. I mean, it just you, you, every detail. Um, that's the effort that goes into every movement, uh, trying to make it perfect doesn't always work, but, uh, that's what we're doing. Um, in fact, I think between you and I, we've got more than 20 years each at having a Super Bowl every time we're at work. So, uh, that amount of effort goes into making, making things happen and making dreams come true as we'll say. So anyway, well, we've, we've seen it from the very beginning where they had nothing organized up to where they have it now. And it's slick. They've, yeah. they've done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, uh, so, uh, let's see here. We were all in route to do Super Bowl ops. Uh, immediately I got rebriefed at, uh, SeaTac to head to a different location to support Mardi Gras. Uh, I think Fat Tuesday was coming up and, uh, the New Orleans area was below minimum. So people were, were not able to get in or not able to get out. And they began to triage that issue. So, uh, after a thorough briefing of what we were going to do for Super Bowl and some, some PAX trips uh, built in, immediately got re-ramped to Houston to go get an airplane and uh, figure out how we could uh, find the weather gap to get into uh, to New Orleans. So that's what I Hello. did. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. Uh, both airports were below men's. Um, one of them had uh, the approach lights were out of service. So, you know, there were even lower men's. I mean, it was like, <laughs> you've got nothing to work with here. So anyway, so I headed to Houston to go get another crew member and figure that out. Uh, you ended up going to uh, Las Vegas, I think, didn't you? Yeah, they they didn't mess around with me. There was no there was no flowers. There was no chocolate. It was straight to uh... <laughs> you got flowers and chocolate. Yeah, no, they no, they didn't. They didn't work it work me up to to do it. They sent me straight into the mess. Um, they put me in um, day one on Saturday, getting ready for Sunday, and uh, they get this little 
you get this little pink bar on your brief on your phone and they call that the pink weenie because uh -oh. you know it's coming and and so go to bed get some sleep because you're and i got the brief and i'm on hot double hot standby you had like the nighttime shift any, right anybody breaks oh it was the vampire shift it was terrible man so yeah our our show was <laughs> during the third quarter oh gosh so yeah we were we were primed and ready to go so i went upstairs and you know, try to figure out where the airplane was. And they had us out in the South 40. They had us out at the maintenance ramp. Um, they didn't even want to bring us onto the ramp because one, there was no room. And two, they were going to spend, I don't know what they were spending for ramp fees at, at, uh, at, at uh, Vegas, but I had heard the word bannered around that it was like 10 grand hmm. just to have the pleasure of parking on the ramp. Wow. So, uh, and then they set up because of the TFR, um over the over the event we had tsa yeah and dogs and guys <laughs> guys a mess just to get onto the ramp to get to the van to then get to the airplane which was in the south fort yeah so um had to do all that mess have them go through my bags they had no x-ray machine so they had to physically go through the bags oh, nice. um yeah i got a nice massage from <laughs> a rather large gentleman and and um and uh you know bomb sniffing drug sniffing dogs all over my bags and then we finally got out on the ramp and the lady that drove us out there um um i'm i'm was quite surprised by the time we made the hangar that that she was allowed to be on the ramp um she was babbling at us in a way that denoted um Shall we say uh, emotional or psychological instability? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure she had had fun working the ramp this whole oh, time. Oh, oh yeah, it was it was interesting. So then we got to the got to the airplane and it was in the hangar and we had it had them pull it out and then we just did the pre fly right there and stuck left our bags in there and went back inside because we were on you know standby in case anybody broke. So we were the when the somebody caught fire, we were the firemen to come to the rescue yep. and one of our aircraft broke and, and our trip was middle of the night started at uh probably 11 o'clock and they had us flying all the way to tampa so we got in tampa about eight in the morning oh, in, in time for breakfast and go to bed <laughs> oh yeah we did schedule. Actually, actually, <laughs> actually we got to the we got to the hotel right before breakfast closed mm -hmm. so it was like 9 nine thirty by the time we made the downstairs sure. and i just carb loaded so i could go upstairs and pass out oh my gosh but but that just that set the tone for the rest of the week because i never caught up yeah so so wrecked. with 10 hours notice got flipped to the night shift like you just have no idea what you're gonna oh, do yeah so, yeah a little bit more yeah, unique you than get... the uh, airline counterpart where at least you have your schedule for that week or that month or right where your right. goes we literally yeah. check in and oh okay i guess i'm going on the night shift now so try to figure yep. this out um yeah, so an early show on Saturday to airline to Vegas to completely flop, yeah. flop the schedule for night, you know, and you try to sleep and you're just staring at the ceiling mm -hmm. and trying to get some rest before you get have to go out there. And, what was the hotel situation? Did you just do the regular crew hotel or was everything so full you had to yep. do other stuff? Yep, regular regular crew hotel, believe it or not. I was, I was quite surprised we got that. Um, other guys were not as lucky. Yeah, I figured. Um, we got because we got there Saturday. We we're able to get in under the wire and get a decent hotel, and the and the rest of the guys got you know the saddle sore in out in the middle of nowhere. Saddle sore in, I like that. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, those, those poor bastards. So yeah, yeah, we were we were sitting pretty high. You know, it was pretty high cotton there for a short time until we got out on the ramp. Okay. Hmm. Then we were just kind of braced for impact because we knew somebody was going to break. Yeah, or go. There was there were a lot that were threatening uh, fatigue as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what happens right? when you get the East Coast guy or West Coast guy gets the complete, you know, one eighty on the schedule. It's just like, look, I I can accommodate a lot, but doing that in less than ten hours is kind of kind of brutal. So some yeah. some chips fall to the ground when that happens. Uh, how about a you had an Uber uh, Uber Lyft guy that was yeah. like interesting? Yeah. What, what was that all about? 
I don't think I don't know if well, anybody uses Uber and Lyft as much as we do, but we see some real characters out there. We yeah, there again, there's there is no uh, psychological screening for for Uber or Lyft. Or, or maybe um, there is, and, and that's what they're looking for. <laughs> it is entertaining. I'll anyway, you. yeah. Well, let's just say this guy had some drives. Um, so we get in the car. Uh, he introduces himself as Ulysses. Well, <laughs> Ulysses was definitely on his own odyssey. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, so uh, short, stocky little guy with short stubble, completely shaved head. Um with this horrible tick um he would flinch every now and again and would throw the car from side to side um we were hoping he wasn't going to throw it into oncoming traffic uh but i just i just had this image of this guy living in vegas you know you could just see he's just really intense dude and that he was just making money as hard as he could to you know to go to some vegas rave and you know that tick you know for my paramedic days, I looked at that and, and, you know, his eyes were twitching from side to side. I, I think it's called stigmiasis or something like yeah. that. Uh, usually comes from heavy, heavy that's drug a, that's use. That's a drug use deal right there. Or present. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I could tell that this guy was into, into some heavy recreational use of drugs. And, uh, and uh, I could just see him just, you know, intense. Yeah, in a corner of a rave, sweaty. All his teeth are ground speaking. down. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds like typical so, driver so sometimes, doesn't it? Every once in a while, the car would would throw from side to side when when he would when he would have this big twitch, wow. and thankfully we we didn't hit oncoming traffic and and no psychotic events by the time we made the hotel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh so my yeah, gosh. yeah, that's how we got to Vegas. Okay. I got picked up by a guy uh, that uh, had the whole stock market figured out, offered me uh, some insurance annuities uh, in his seat back pocket. I could purchase some annuities through his app while I was sitting there and, uh, yeah, showed me how it was time to buy stuff. So if you're into taking financial advice from your Uber driver, um, you know, it's uh, more common than you'd think, but... Uh, but yeah, here's my card if you guys need another ride, and then here's my uh, here's my information if I could sell you some annuities. So anyway, uh, it's uh, it's unique how we get from A to B. So I tell you what, let's take a uh, quick uh, commercial break here, and then we'll uh, we'll come back. I have some more questions for you. So the Angry Pilot Podcast is sponsored by Schmitty's. My friend Pam developed an amazing cessation product get her husband Pete to kick the chew can. It replicates the cut and feel of both traditional cut and pouch brands without nicotine or tobacco. Made from natural teas, Pam found the perfect flavor and feel to match your current go-to can. Join us and Schmitty's as we attempt to get 1,000 veterans to kick the can and switch to Schmitty's. P.S. Schmitty's does not require a spit cup since it is good for your gut. Therefore, it is airline friendly. That's right. Put it in, sit back, and relax on that long flight. No one will ever know. They have all the flavors you crave, so get yours at schmitties.com today and use the Angry Pilot podcast code FRAC25. That's F-R-A-C-25. Schmitties. All the good and none of the bad. All right, we're back. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, getting from A to B sometimes is like the most dangerous part of this flying job is the ride to and from the hotel. <laughs> so. I just thank God we don't use taxis anymore. That's the closest I came to die. Yeah, the guy I was on the road was in the guy taxis. I was flying with was a young new guy and, uh, yeah, never, never been in a taxi. Didn't, didn't like know the process and didn't realize they don't have an app and you can't see them coming and. You probably remember, and some, I'm sure some of the listeners remember the old, you know, yeah, I'm five minutes out, and 20 minutes later, where are you at? Yeah, I'm five minutes out. And just the fact we can see if the driver's moving or not is so big. And what did every cab driver have in the trunk when you went to throw your luggage in there? You know, garbage, garbage. Uh, a, can, a jug of antifreeze that was leaking. I mean, it was almost laughable mm -hmm. because it was always the same old thing. So, um yeah, Happy Meals and, and yeah, six-month-old fries. fries. And, 
So, yeah, the fact we just don't normally jump into taxis uh, has been a game changer. So, Oh, well, I there was one in Detroit, middle night, freezing cold. You know, Detroit downtown, which is probably one of the most frightening airports in the country because it's surrounded by burned out crack houses and graveyards. <laughs> um, and driving to the driving to the hotel, um, of course, he had his bulletproof glass there and you couldn't roll the windows down because they were frozen shut. And there's a hole in the floor and all you can smell was gas fumes and exhaust fumes. We were literally in a in a tote bug and <laughs> he was back there trying to kill us. <laughs> gases by the time wow. we made the hotel yeah it's we, i yeah. had uh fulton county airport georgia i'll never forget midnight find the old beach jet landed called for a cab and a cab uh, a rather large lady driving the cab pulled up only had three wheels i didn't even know carco worked that way she was missing the right what? rear wheel assembly uh it was a tricycle what? basically and she gets out and I said, ma'am, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't know a car could drive like that. I'm not getting in that. So she was so mad we had called her out. So she pops the trunk, pulls out a baseball bat, starts beating the daylights out of the back of her car. You called me all the way out here and you're not going to take the ride. And I'm like, ma'am, your car is like teeter tottering. Like, uh, no, we're going back in the <laughs> FBO where we've asked the FBO people to not let her in. She beat the daylights uh, out of the back of her car, then drove off. Um, I didn't know a car could drive like that. I, I assumed something would stop it from driving. That's so, uh, that's yeah. wild. Uh, so there was, there was that. Yeah, one. I, I got at a, I, I got in a brief, uh, high speed chase in downtown right. Cincinnati one day when, <laughs> when, when the, the guy, the, you have the you walk out of the hotel and then there's the the cab row is a, a, across the street and uh, I hailed a cab and the guy pulls up and the lights against him and so he can't come through. Well, through the green comes another taxi uh, right in front of me. So you know, to me at that point, early in the morning, cab the cab, I got to go to work. So I jump in the cab and the light changes and this guy blazes across the street, drives up onto the sidewalk in front of our cab. And uh, our cab driver is, is punches it, goes up onto the sidewalk around the other cab, and now it's on. Now it's a high-speed chase. I'm ducking down on the floor. I'm, I'm expecting gunshots. <laughs> he catches, him, catches up to him at a stoplight, and they're yelling at each other in some, you know, serbo-coration stand language. I don't know what it was. And, <laughs> and uh you didn't. You didn't need a translator. <laughs> yeah, there's certain. But it's like it's okay. Certain universal. universal looks that you know something's about to go down. So, hey, uh, any celebrity sightings? Everybody always asks about that. You get to see Taylor Swift land or anything? Oh, God, no, no, none of just that. Just hung out in the crew room. Um, yeah, I just hung out in the crew room where all the there snacks were. There you go. So, how, was the, how was the yeah, spread? Was it decent? I'll... No. I went into, uh, there was a Texas <laughs> Super Bowl no. one year that I supported, and uh, we had to literally sit through the whole game. And, man, they had a VIP tent barbecue going for, for the pilot room. So that was pretty cool, but I haven't seen that. Uh, no, it was it's all a trap up there, man. It was just nothing but carbs and carbs yeah. and carbs and that. And I knew I was going to pull an all nighter and there that was going to kill me, man. I was going to pass out somewhere over Missouri. Yeah. Well, so yeah, mine was, was, I, I did my best. Yeah. So I picked up my new guy. We went and shot his first, no kidding approach down to uh, approach lights continue rolled out and looked like a stream of refugees at the uh, lakefront FBO there as they were waiting for their king airs and yeah. things to come get them still uh, they're still probably pulling beads and glitter out of that airplane it was just uh, it was a mess but got them out of there and then they wanted to go to oh, uh God. connecticut so right into the weather where all the snow was coming in and and all that so we we had winter ops going pretty much most of the trip so uh i did get a trip to uh guatemala so we did we did like boston to guatemala or whatever the heck it was and went from uh, snow and de-ice to you know sweaters off and uh, back to jungle 
jungle procedures, uh, the uh, paying off the local hunter yeah, to get your airplane yeah, exactly. out of hawk. Yeah, The two volcanoes that sit on either side of the uh, north of the airport there were puffing away, so I was uh, briefing my uh, my co-pilot on the uh, uh, volcanic ash plume directions and he goes i've never he goes other than uh training i didn't know this was actually a thing i go well yeah we're gonna thread the needle between two volcanoes to land in the in the crater that the other volcano made which is where they put the airport <laughs> and he's just i can't believe we're doing yeah. this and so he had a great time and uh whether yeah. whether whether Welcome it was aboard, nice yeah your you typical know? fly over the barrio on the way in right looking down through what would be a roof except for a lot of people didn't have a roof and you could see people sitting in there their family room or whatever they were doing as you screamed over the top of them and landed super nice people. Um, man, some, yeah. some good coffee down there. I don't know if it's the, it must be the elevation. I think the airport was like at 5,500 feet, but, um, all that, all that good. Volcanic yeah, earth. yeah. But just the, uh, the FBO coffee was like, man, you know, you're back here in the U S some of these FBOs could learn a thing. It was uh pretty nice. So anyway, had a, about a three hour layover down there. And then uh, ran some people back up north again. So in the snow to the jungle, back to the snow. And then we ran out to Puerto Rico. Um, you were talking about, um, what the heck was it you were saying was going across the runway uh, where you were landing? I can't remember. But uh, I went into Puerto Rico mm. one night. Um, didn't know it, but it was the iguana migration. And so uh, unbeknownst to us, breaking out of the clouds at, you know, not minimums, but uh, but high up, and then landing, and just like snow drifts from left to right across the runway or whatever, you don't feel like you're moving sideways. Um, talk about optical illusions that they never taught you about. Landing in a bazillion iguana migration as they move across the runway, it felt like the airplane was drifting left to right. It was like, what is going on? And then as you let you might be thinking, you and might, as you touch down, right. it's crunch, 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 and just blood and guts everywhere. And you're like, I sure hope these things are like some sort of protected animal here. I, I didn't know what that, what this was. And as we squash our way to the FBO and pop the door down, the handler gets the folks off and they're like, uh, Hey, you may not want to keep your door down. Some of these things could go home with you. And, and uh, it's like, Yeah, let's pull the door uh. back up. So. But yeah, right in the flare, like, why are we drifting left so quickly? And it's like, we aren't. That's stuff moving across the runway from, from side to side. So uh, it's like, where was that in the flight, flight training manual? Get, get the yeah, crew yeah food. exactly. So anyway, so that your story we'll reminded me crew, of that. Crew food yeah. off the runway. Yeah. So anyway, we. <laughs> I think you might be thinking a couple of weeks ago is, is when I had to do a high speed aboard out of Scottsdale because the three coyotes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That that might be what they're thinking. Yeah. About. So anyway, so yeah, that was my that was my intro to Puerto Rico a long time ago, and this this week it was uh, just just winds at the limits, that kind of stuff, just windy and storms moving around. But uh, so yeah, so did Guatemala, did Puerto Rico. I think, gosh, I think we might have hit every state except for Alaska this week. But uh, just you know, it's unique. It's unique stuff that we do. Uh, I had a good jet camp. Jet camp story for you. Uh, again, uh, jet camp is, you know, new guys that just don't have the uh, experience yet. And we've all been there. But uh, since we did uh, some international, we had some some uh, overwater sections where we had to use the HF radio. So I'm sure people listening, if they're uh, uh, fly with us, they know they know where this is going. But uh, uh, doing a little training in route making sure the guys all uh, spooled up on HF and, and uh, uh, when you, when you have long legs over water, um, the regular radios don't, uh, can't transmit far enough. So you use the old uh, World War One style radio stuff and bounce the signal off the ionosphere so you can talk at great distances. So if you ever see uh, war movies with the radio guy with the backpack, that's what he's using as an HF radio usually to, uh, to talk over mountain ranges and things back to the base, right? Because uh, a regular uh, VHF radio, like your walkie-talkie, uh, can't can't talk over hills and stuff, right? It's line of sight. So anyway, so we got to use EHF. So we briefed it up. It was a uh, an item for his training anyway. So I figured we'd knock it out. And uh, one of the items in selecting the radio and getting it set on uh, set up is to select what sideband you're going to use. So for us, we use uh, upper sideband, 
and uh, you can Google what sidebands are, but they're they're different portions of the frequency band. Uh, sailboat people use that stuff to talk over long distances offshore and whatnot. But uh, so anyway, so in the in the window, his choices were uh, you know single sideband, uh, upper sideband. But anyway, it's abbreviated as USB, right? So so I said, yeah, we got to select USB, and uh, so he starts digging his flight bag. And uh, after a couple minutes, I'm like, well, what are you looking for? And he goes, I'm looking for my, my USB cable. And I said, for what? And he goes, well, don't you have to plug your USB in? <laughs> so I'm oh, sorry. No, it's, this is pre-USB cable. This is upper sideband is what the USB button is. You got to push the button. So I thought it was pretty funny. He thought he had to plug his USB in, and we all laughed about it. But it's just uh, he's young and new, so not having any practical use of HF, but also to just with his age group, when he says USB, his mind immediately goes to a USB cable. Whereas, uh, I'm thinking radios. So it was pretty funny. And, uh, we kind of laughed about that, but any gent cap stories this year, this week? Uh, n- not this. Well, uh, the guy I had, he was he, really new guy. I got him two legs out of or two, uh, tours at IOE. And before that, he was a professional bug killer in a 172, um, you know, CFIing all over the place, and um, it, it was it was an education for him for sure. Uh, we were high tempo, um, lots of legs a day, seven hours of flying a day when we were flying, um, and so. But he did he did awesome. Um, I could see where he was a bit weak on just controlling the aircraft. Um, a lot of rudder skills and stuff like that. And I would try to give him some, my best sagely old dude advice (laughs) on what to, you know, how to, how to fix and ameliorate that stuff. And, um, he did well, he did, did really, really awesome. Um, and that, and that's my experience with most of these guys is, is, I'm going to say 99.9% of them are, are, you know, they're eager, they're willing to learn. Um, they haven't got their egos, uh, they're out there, but they've got them in check. Um, and they're willing to experiment and learn new things and try to be better. And, um, every once in a while you'll get, you'll get that outlier. Um, and the guy I had a couple months ago, I nicknamed Donut. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, an old donut. Um, it, the crazy thing was, is he had a ton of time. Uh, a lot of transatlantic stuff. I think oh. cargo, like from Europe to to South America and stuff. So he had a he had a ton of time. Um, and obviously, having a ton of time doing transatlantic stuff does not build one's skills. Um, and uh, the reason I called him Donut is he was full of sugar. Because <laughs> uh, I saw him at one point uh, wash down a Mountain Dew with a Dr Ooh, Pepper. That's a um, eight ball, <laughs> and he was so, yeah. he was round, doughy, and had a big hole in the center of him, vacuous and without oh, wow. form. So that hurts was, just thinking about it. Donut. Ooh, Ooh that well, hurts just thinking about it. A long week. Um, for those of you who don't know what an ASAP is, that's kind of your get out of jail free card when you you get you do something that the FAA doesn't want you to do. Oh, the ASAP and, program. Uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ASAP program. And um, so I wrote up, I, I'm allergic to paperwork as much as any. That's why we got guys, into this but, job, right? So you don't have to do paperwork. No, I know. But, yeah, it, it runs off of money yeah. and paperwork now. Um, and I had, I think I did four ASAPs that week to try to keep me out of FAA, Ooh. out of the Hooskow with those boys. Yeah. And I got a call from the um, the gatekeeper. Now, our airplanes are so sophisticated now; they narc back to the to the uh, they narc on you back to the company and tell you when you're doing naughty things. Twelve thousand um, data I points asked, a second being sent back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And then, uh, so I I we're going into a, a little private strip. You know yeah. the place, Southern Florida on the on the west coast. You know, um, middle of nowhere, just a big dark hole, but it was VFR and we went in there and I asked for full flaps and 
he said flaps full selected and and uh we got in close down low and i got i got uh two low flaps I'm like what 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 the airplane will give you that warning when you get too low and you haven't deployed yeah, the flaps yeah. yet well for some reason he put it down to full and then he put the flaps back up oh <laughs> did he hit the detent or something yeah that's a new one yeah no no he hit the mm. detent he went all the way to the bottom and then he put them back up mm. weird for whatever reason so but that's an anomaly he's he's a mm. rare beast thankfully um most of the most of the guys that are coming up they're they're really good and they're really uh detail oriented and heck they're better at the electronics than i am mm. But it's the flying skills that they're they're a little. Finding guys on. hit the want the autopilot like oh. as soon as the gear comes up and it's like yeah let's wait a second here you know they get I'm getting I'm getting that's that call really impressed a lot me about, you know gears up and hey put autopilot on. That's what really impressed me about the guy last week. The guy last week he's he's like can I can I fly to huh. eighteen with the auto throttles off and with the autopilot off? I'm like yeah you can because those are emmyable. I mean you can write those up mm -hmm. and still do a you know, still get a still get a uh pack wow. trip so good to be good, good to get some sticking rudder skills and that out the shoot impressed stay, the hell out of me so I'm like, yeah, you, for sure right? yeah empty legs all yours man yeah, go for it go. well we were talking so, about the uh hmm. dr pepper and the um the uh mountain dew um there's some issues with uh put wrapping your head around how we do these uh, 180s with your circadian rhythm and all that kind of stuff. Um, and <clears throat> I've got the, uh, you know, it's kind of early still out here. And I got the, uh, the Jocko goal, real energy going, um, Jocko's, uh, place will give us a discount. So if anybody wants, uh, Jocko products from Jocko fuel, if you know who that is, uh, use angry pilot and you'll get 10% off your order. Um, He's pretty big into like clean fuels, proteins, all that kind of stuff, uh, protein powders and whatnot, but in a pretty clean thing. And uh, this is like no sugar. Uh, it's got some vitamins. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty decent and pretty clean. Might start carrying a couple of those. My guy was uh, pretty health conscious this week with the exception of like his three Red Bulls that he had to have throughout the day. <laughs> and uh, so some of the early morning stuff, it was like, man, I don't know. That, that hurts just watching you drink that stuff. But. So if anybody's interested, they got some good flavors and the, uh, the Jocko stuff is uh, fairly clean and pretty decent for you if you're trying to get around coffee or something like that. So, so try that out. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. You're, you're second podcast and you're already segwaying. segwaying huh? All right. Bra thought Bravo, a segway sir. had wheels on it, but whatever. <laughs> oh no. Segwaying into, into Maybe Jocko that's fuel. That's yeah, impressive. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, how about some tips and tricks on how to just do, you know, we're not talking crazy nutrition here, but nutrition and sleep. And, uh, I do notice that the new guys, like the tempo we run at, they're not used to, I don't know if anybody would ever be used to it, right? With, uh, you've never worked at a place that moves as fast as we do with as many changes as we do. Um, I know I've, uh, after 20 some years of this, I have absolutely zero circadian rhythm at this point. Um, I eat when I'm hungry, sleep when I'm tired, do stuff when I want to hit the gym at whatever hour. And, um, it, it, it would definitely put weight on, um, you will, you will gain 20 to 30 pounds here if you're not careful. And then you add, you know, availability of catering and stuff to keep you going, you know, don't, don't make any mistake about it right they provide us catering to keep the machine moving it's not uh because they're just so nice i want to make sure you get your uh your meal break there's no no such thing as the legal after four hours you get a break or any of that kind of stuff right it's uh you're you, well they just don't want yeah to i mean the there's enough stuff going on that they just send food out and uh you know we order off a menu and it's you know pretty close usually but but yeah we'll uh Imagine ordering all of the meals you need for today last night. So, you know, picking what location you think they're going to come from and what you think you're going to want to eat. And then that's what you get. Like there is no, uh, other than some extraneous circumstances, right? I mean, you can park the plane, set the brake and go figure something out if, if say nothing's available or something messes up. But 
the uh, the technique that I use, I learned way back in the uh, Citation 10. There should be a drinking game where every every time you mention the 10, we can uh, everybody can take a drink because you know what you know how to know a 10 driver because he'll tell you right. <laughs> but um, we covered so much ground so fast uh, back in the day. You ordered four meals. Nowadays it's three. Uh, you ordered all four meals at the first stop because you were never going to stop. Um, and uh, like I said, other than say something weird happening to your schedule where you you do need to say, hey, I cry uncle, I, I need a break. I need to go get a crew car and go drive to town. The idea is that they provide you everything so that you can keep the machine running. So that's pretty much what we did. But uh, so I use that technique now. Um, it depends on the starting location. For example, you're out of Boston. I know that the caterers open at eight o'clock in the morning or seven or six. And, you know, if I order my meals, that'll a Cobb salad to be a Cobb salad and a, uh, you know, steak and noodles or whatever you might like is, uh, is definitely going to be close. If you're in Dalton, Georgia, uh, you may need to order out of the next stop. That's a real city. You know what I mean? It's, uh, uh Dalton, Dalton, Georgia one, uh, evening, uh, the guy I was with ordered uh, Cobb salad. And a guy with no kidding, one tooth and overalls with no t-shirt on came out and goes, what the heck is a Cobb salad? <laughs> and it was like, you know, you yeah, he's like, I have no idea what you're looking for. And so, yeah, that may not be the place to order. Maybe push that down the road. Uh, but anyway, uh, we've got coolers, pack it with ice, uh, just like you're on a trip with mom and dad in the station wagon, as far as I can, I, I'm concerned. And I get everything up front. Yeah, no charcuterie. No yeah. I get everything up front. No charcuterie trays in, yeah. you know, rural Mississippi. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, if possible, which it is 90% of the time, I get everything up front. Um, well, you know, I do intermittent fasting, right? I don't eat breakfast. And so that's part of my, my strategy uh, to cut down on what's going in. Because sometimes when you're just sitting, you'll start eating, right? So it's it's to try to try to jump in front of that. So I order two meals. Uh, my lunch is definitely going to get eaten. It's a lunch. And then the other meal is my contingency meal. And that's to get me to wherever we end up at night because usually we don't know where we're going or the plan changes. And, you know, you get somewhere at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, even 7 o'clock at night, places might be closed. At least you have food for the night. It is super common for people to land, get to the hotel, find out there's nothing around and nothing's open, and you're not going to eat till tomorrow morning. So to prevent starving, which means you're going to go eat everything you find, um, I do the two meal things. I, I do intermittent fasting. Seems to work, and it's uh, I was able to lose a bunch of weight. It's kept me healthy, and uh, so anyway, that's my strategy. Trying to play the game of ooh, I'd like the salmon out of San Diego and all that. Well, if you don't see San Diego, and they reroute you to Omaha, Nebraska, you're getting some farm raised salmon or a. Uh, a pink colored cod based on, you know, what they can find. So you got to be strategic. I don't pick the swordfish. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, kind of careful about what I get. Um, but anyway, that seems to work. It's worked for years and, uh, yeah, you're packing food around all day. Um, the equivalent at home, I think would be to leave food on the counter for six hours and then go back and eat it. Right. I mean, that's sort of what we're doing and that's why people get food poisoning. So you just have to have a strategy, but having a strategy, I think will get you through the day. So how about you? Anything unique that you're doing? Uh, definitely intermittent fasting. I do not have breakfast at the hotel. Um, I call it the faking and the fakes. There you go. Um, uh, you know, eggs aren't supposed to have bubbles in them and you can't, you're not supposed to see through bacon. <laughs> Should it be so, this watery? Um, I tried... <laughs> you know, sausage that squirts. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I, I try to avoid, uh, I, I just don't eat breakfast anymore. So uh, intermittent fast, um, most of the time it's a 24-hour fast. I'll have one meal a day, um, and usually I'll try to have it sometime early in the afternoon so I'm not digesting a meal at night so I get a good night's rest. Um, uh, no liquor, no sugar, because um, that you know, we're getting older. And so that, uh, you know, bang, you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, staring at the ceiling. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but 
you know, have a have a beer with dinner or something like that. Just that's what happens. Yeah, to I don't me. even I don't even um, drink anything well, anymore with the ten hour turns and stuff. Uh, I mean, it's it's they not got the, even. They got the pilot bait out yeah. everywhere you go. The <clears throat> FBOs, the hotels get you know. Would you like that yeah. cookie? Yeah, you know, no and you walk up to the FBO mm-hmm. counter with a bowl full of uh, full of skittles yeah. and Thurbers. Yeah, literally, don't touch just any of that sitting stuff there anymore. For you. The days no, of going no. downstairs so, and getting a beer, uh, I think, are long gone. I don't even know if I've even seen anybody do yeah, it anymore. And remember the old concierge club, no. and you could go upstairs and have, you know, they would have wine or beer. But nah, I'm anymore. It's oh, yeah. it's pretty sad. I'm uh, immediately in the gym or out moving around. Or yeah. gosh, during COVID, when everything was closed, I literally was up and down the stairs in the 14th floor uh, hotel or something, trying yep. to stay ahead of stuff because uh, as I was. I, I bring I bring a I bring a TRX, yep, carry the TRX. I bring a TRX yeah. with me, uh, weighted jump rope. I've I've literally done a workout in a hotel room in Eleuthera, Bahamas, yeah. where the hotel yeah. room there there was barely enough room between the wall and the yeah. bed to to go by without banging your shin, but hook it into the door, uh, hook that TRX into the door, and you yeah. can do a full workout right there in your little. Yeah, my airline buddies, uh, my airline buddies are, you know, land in their, you know, favorite town that they like and they go get the cheesecake here and then they go in for the, you know, Mm -hmm. over here I get the the steak or whatever. And uh, it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. dude, this is not, that's not the program I'm on. I'm literally like, how can I get this workout in? And I'm not a a workout guy. It's not my thing, but literally just have to stay ahead of it at this age and in this environment where exactly. guys are eating everything in sight because you know you're not eating at meal times or a lot of times we're eating in our lap up front i mean that's just this is how it goes right so that's so we do goes. have the option to pull yeah, the plug had, and go I've... hey i need to stop but it's just usually it's super inconvenient and if you got passengers waiting and you know you just pick your times and a lot of times i just i hit my meal time and i'm up front and i'm going to eat up front so you know i'm picking Picking foods that I don't necessarily have to microwave, like salads with chicken on it or something like that, and it and it might be boring, but it works. And tons of water. I mean, I'm just super nice. hydrated. I don't. I have no issues hopping up and going back and hitting the restroom. You know, stretching your legs and all that. So I stay super hydrated. And I don't know. It it works for me. But uh, you know, at fifty something, watching the new guys in their mid twenties, maybe early thirties, just can't get a hold of their sleep or the nutrition that's a huge part of this so uh, it's, well they're, uh, they're on a serious oh, car yeah. drive i mean they, they the the guy i was with this week i mean he's like 20 20 22 23 um young cat and he had to eat uh, and what he was eating was just nothing yeah. but carbs 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 get carbs, away carbs. with it at that and, age i yeah, guess right? you're in your, in your early twenties, yeah, you start getting into your thirties, man. Yeah, there. You're you're gonna almost you're almost gonna needs to it. be some sort of uh, briefing as you join this place on like, okay, this is how you need to work your sleep, and I mean things like closing the the triple drapes and turning the air conditioner all the way up, freezing out the room. That's how you can get to sleep quick. Um, using the using the little the little yep, clips on the yep, hangers yep. to close the drapes so yeah. you don't get any any light bleeding guys are uh, i know airline guys uh, who know their schedule so they can set up a sleep cycle uh popping melatonin and all that stuff you just that that is not a path you want to go down if you can avoid it there are ways to mitigate it but you gotta figure it out you know i have literally crossed in a couple of days eight time zones and flopped the clock morning to evening back to morning again and you're just destroyed go to bed go to bed and wake up all in the same calendar date you know what i mean for a shift day (laughs) day it's not every every week but it does happen and you uh, start coming up with some strategies um because that that will dump the weight on that's where the the big old belly comes from is this constant flip-flop in our business so all the cortisol oh, yeah. and you know oh, we, yeah. we're we're pilots we run off of sugar adrenaline yeah. and, and and yeah uh, we haven't caffeine. even touched on stress with no. uh, constant changes to the schedule and all that but yeah so it's it's unique it's an adventure but you definitely uh you know reach out to the people that you're flying with if you're new to this and figure out how to how to get ahead of that um my favorite thing is uh landing in a city where you got buddies or or family 
and, you know, Hey, I'm at the airport and I want to see if you want to get together for dinner or something. And they're going, gosh, you know, if you give me a little more notice and it's like, yeah, I'd love to have notice. I only found out about this trip an hour ago. <laughs> so it's a, Jeez. it's a weird well, environment for us to well, operate all week seamlessly, then come home and be around normal people who just can't even, can't even take change that quickly. So uh, it's definitely us. We're the, we're the oddballs, no. but uh we're the weirdos. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. I, I, I have a, I have a t- very tough time dealing with normal yeah. human beings. Yeah. You know, when they, when they complain that, you know, they're about their work week and like, oh, that printer man yeah. ran out of ink again. Oh, I had to do that spreadsheet. Well, I've got, like, uh, what'd I've you do got this teacher week? friends well, that are, you know, Hey, I'm getting observed the next week. It's like, wow, you had notice. <laughs> and it's like, let me, let me tell you about my week. Breathalyzer on the jetway, went and flew, landed, got popped for a drug test, had to go take that, came back, found a check airbag in the jump seat, ready to give you a no notice check ride. It's like, you know, you, you had notice. When, when do they give you a check ride? <laughs> when do they give yeah, you a check exactly. ride? After five yeah, yeah. legs and a, and a 12 hour After your three week vacation. <laughs> Leg one. Right. Like, Wait a minute. What are we doing? Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. Out so yeah, shoot. it is, it is funny to, uh, to in, when you come home from all that stuff and interact with people that just, it blows their mind as to how many changes you can process. And it's like, I, I don't know. That's all I've ever known. So, uh, Hey, let's take a second here to, uh, recognize Schmitty's for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Schmitty's has a, uh, an herbal dip and chew setup that mimics the, the famous, uh, both the cut brands and the pouches. And, uh, they've, they offered to sponsor the, the podcast for us in the hopes of partnering together and uh, trying to get where our goal anyways, to get a thousand veterans to kick the dip habit and maybe go with this herbal tea stuff has no nicotine, no tobacco and, uh, all the, uh, it's not my thing, but all the people that, uh, do dip and chew have told me that, um, it mimics the, the famous brands perfectly and it'll help them get off the, uh, uh, kick the can. So anyway, uh, go to schmitties.com it's S C H M I T T Y S and enter in the, uh, the uh, code FRAC25, F-R-A-C-2-5, and you'll get 25% off. Uh, one of the reasons that we thought this was important was obviously for, for health stuff to get people off this uh, off the can. But also, too, this has uh, CoQ10, tea, honey, a couple other uh, proprietary things that uh, aren't drug test issues, and you don't have to have a spit cup. So on those long airline rides or or whatever, whether you're a business traveler or a crew member, um, no spitter required. So you don't, uh, you can put one in and enjoy your three hour cross country or whatever it is you're doing or your six hour, like I had last week, Miami to Seattle is like an eight hour trip with a stop in uh, Chicago. And, uh, you can have these, uh, either a pouch or the, uh, the moist cut in there and nobody will know. And just, uh, you can just swallow it and it's kind of healthy for your gut actually. So give it a try if you're trying to quit. Uh, hey, I've got a uh, a new section to add to our uh, podcast. Uh, don't know how it'll don't know how it'll go, but we'll try it out. It's the uh, Angry Pilot Top Ten list. Thought maybe we'd conclude with that today. So in the uh, in the uh, the the famous uh, David Letterman show, he always had a top ten list, and it was usually pretty funny. But uh, as I run into guys in crew rooms and stuff, we all have the same jokes and the same issues, and the same pain points. And, you know, the, a mention of certain airports will just make somebody cringe. So uh, we're coming up on 57 minutes here. I thought maybe we would uh, run through the top 10 and then go for the final thoughts. What do you think? All Sounds right. Good. This is the top 10, uh, the Angry Pilot uh, podcast top 10 list from the home office in Teterboro, New Jersey. Uh, things I love about this job. Number 10, getting the extra pat down from the TSA guy. They, uh, they don't like it when you, uh, when you giggle or, or, or uh, groan as they have to do their pat down. And uh, yes, sometimes we get the extra treatment. Uh, there aren't always uh, options for us to avoid that. Number nine, forgetting. They take, I think they take extra yeah, pleasure yeah. in it. Yeah, a little extra grope. Uh, number nine, forgetting what city we just came in from. 
uh, how common is it for the passengers to show up and, hey, where'd you guys come in from? And you can't even, you've just literally draw a blank. Like, I don't even know where we are right now. Uh, it is so funny, Daily. but we all seem to be susceptible. Uh, number eight. I don't know if you've done this. Wake up in the morning, you don't know where you're at, and you're just like, I'll yeah. figure it out in the shower. Or, or my favorite one was you land, hey, let's get changed, and let's go hit this uh, burger joint or whatever it is. It's really cool. And then you get changed, meet in the lobby, and realize that's a different city that you're thinking about. <laughs> I've done that a few times. Number eight, double tree cookies. Number seven, looking for bed bugs before crawling into a hotel bed. Who else in the world has to pre-flight their bed every night make sure there's no creepy crawlies in there? Oh, that that and the uh, the skid marks. You know, uh, you know skid marks too. aren't as scary as finding creepy crawlies. But you know, for the new folks, right? Uh, your your suitcase goes on uh, the suitcase tray. Your shoes are off the floor. There are uh, loc yeah, the there desk. are locations in Texas and places where you you can run into scorpions and other things in your room. There's no there's no moving around at night without the lights on. Um, if you find a, a cockroach, you're lucky. Uh, sometimes stuff has stingers on it, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, there's some protocol for every room, right? Locking the door, putting the do not disturb out and, uh, making sure stuff's up off the floor. So nothing goes home with you. Uh, let's see here. Number six, seeing how much stuff I can cram into a wheelie bag. We all travel for the most part, uh, carry on only because there's so many changes you could get yanked off of a flight. There are a couple weirdos out there that, uh, yeah, there's a couple weirdos that check their bags, but for the most part, my bag is Arctic and jungle, and I'll go seven days, and it's everything I need in my little mobile bag there. I don't I don't check anything. Um, if you want your stuff to make it and you want it to be in one piece, don't check your bags. It's just the way it is, so, uh, so that's the way I am. Number five, this came up this week. Number five, yellow fever season, one of my favorite seasons. Number four, the stray <laughs> catheter left on the passenger seat. Uh, number three, that approach that goes into Aspen, while not uh, not the most difficult thing in the world, it's a little bit of a technical challenge to uh, make it all come out right with the uh, weather requirements and stuff. Uh, here's one you touched on. Number two, filing, filling out the ASAP reports. Sounds like you set a record on that. Uh, it's been a I did. Uh, three or four yeah, in a week. That's, that's that was, significant. That was a yeah. new record for me. And uh, number one, uh, the number one thing we love about this job is getting all of our financial advice from the Uber driver. Uh, I don't know how often they're trying to sell me annuities, uh, stocks. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I have plans. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you were good at the stock market, you might not be driving Uber, but I, you know... You they, might not be they might be onto Uber, something. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, in, in conclusion, I think this is just basically a big support group for uh, remote pilot workers, right? Uh, you and I are a few thousand miles apart right now. And, um, you know, when I'm on duty, my buddies are at work. When my buddies are home, I'm on duty. So uh, other than a passing on the ramp or in the crew lounge, it's not like you actually hang out with everybody when you're off. So uh, maybe we'll open this up as sort of a, uh, a group therapy session. Maybe that's what's needed. So uh, it saves my wife from all. There you pitching. go. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we're, you know, and, and again, for the new folks, right. It's funny to walk through. Well, for, for us at Seattle, we park at the employee parking lot. So you walk, you walk past everybody to get on the little bus, uh, not parking at an FBO or anything. And it's amazing the amount of check six license plates and my other cars, a seven thirty seven. And uh, just how much aviation crap is on people's cars. And it's funny. We're just, we're not allowed to have any more garbage at the house. It's, uh, you probably wouldn't even know a pilot lives here. It's just, I don't carry it around. I don't need any more t-shirts. Uh, kind of over it. So it's, uh, I think uh, being a support group for remote pilot workers is probably a, a good way to do it. But uh I, I, I live in my FBO oh, t-shirts. I, I don't even, and, do they give them out anymore? I mean, my FBO t-shirts are older than my co-pilots at this point. You know. <laughs> yeah. I seen a free yeah, in I've, quite I, a while. So. Yeah. I, I had a, one of our, one of our, uh, one of our uh, dispatchers tell me that I, in his yeah. experience to fly through 60,000 foot squall line, in his experience, it should work out okay. And my response to him was, buddy, 
I got FBO shirts yeah. over there. Yeah, remember the days when so. we first started? Go out back and pick out a popsicle, or here's a, a free flashlight, or I remember up in uh, mm-hmm. oh, up in Maine somewhere. Go pick yourself a lobster. It's like, what am I going to do with a live lobster for seven days? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, uh, this may not uh, be a I good idea. With a guy. So, yeah, free we, steaks we, in we, Omaha. We call this yeah. guy crazy. Crazy Louie, and he was awesome. He's no longer at this company. Wherever he is, I hope he's doing well. But you needed extra bags. He was the, he was swag, the swag master. master Wherever yeah. he would go, you 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 came home with wine, golf tees, oh shirts, gosh. hoodies, hats. Wherever we would yeah, go, he'd he come would home ask. like Santa Claus and, with uh, a bag of junk. And uh, you know, most of that stuff's gone, and I, that's okay with me. I don't need any more junk. But. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd sell it on eBay and oh, take gosh. the money and day oh, trade with gosh. it. All right. Well, that's it, folks. Uh, we, we'd, uh, you know, we quit, but we don't have any other skills. So uh, stay safe out there. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, put the put the covers on and go do something else? I got some arrows to shoot today, so I got some uh, some boat no, tuning sir. going on in my my uh, range out back. So I'm gonna go hit the workout and then go do that. Oh, I got I got no final words except except we got another podcast in the bag hey, and could do it worse better right? this time so. than we did the first. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? There's it's like the two biggest eighth graders in camp trying to run this stuff. So we'll, we'll figure it out. But anyway, uh, stay safe out there, uh, and we'll uh, we'll be back soon. Keep uh, keep looking for uh, another episode. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Take care, everybody. only. These statements are not an official position of any airline, military service branch, hotel chain, FBO, or the Department of Defense. No part of this podcast may be reproduced without the express written permission of the Angry Pilot Podcast producers. All rights reserved. Copyright 2024. The Angry Pilot Podcast.